today and I will be able to learn from you and you will also be able to learn uh, from our discussion today. Um, okay, so we will proceed to this session objectives. Uh, by the end of this session, we are hoping that uh, we will have discussed sufficiently um, the, the three basic financial statements of P&L, balance sheet, and the cash flow statement. We will also discuss, sorry, I am getting a bit of feedback. Hello, can you hear me? I am getting a bit of feedback, so if you can please mute your mic uh, so that we don't have those uh, distractions. Okay, so like I was saying, um, our objectives for today, hopefully we will discuss the financial statements of profit and loss, balance sheet and cash flow. And then we will also um, discuss a bit of how managers and business owners can analyze the financial statements. Um, and then we will also be looking at the budgeting tool, how you can use a budget to uh, make good and helpful decisions for your business. Okay. Um, let's start with the question why do we need to understand finance why is the financial management session important for a small business owner or a manager of a small business why is it important uh, if you can please mute your mic. Uh, I think Atondu Thomas, I tell P32, if you can please help us mute your mic so that we don't get feedback. Any other person whose uh, mic is not muted, if you can please help us to mute it. Um, at some point, I will, of course, invite you to unmute your mic and share some details. But if you can just please help us mute it now while we continue the uh, discussion. Hi, yeah. Joma Elobi, can you please help us mute your mic? Okay. Joma Elobi. Yes. If you can please help us mute your mic. Okay. 
Hello, um, so I think you can, you can um, mute everyone over there. Okay, um, I think we have a bit of an internet problem. So maybe it's affecting the muting and unmuting. So I think also their own uh, internet is giving us feedback. Um, we we will manage we will manage and see how we can proceed with it. Please uh, let me know when you cannot hear me very well, or if my internet too is having some issues. So let's 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 continue. Um, um, we said why why do why do managers or business small business owners need to understand finance? I know that even me myself when I started. Um, the question is, why do I need to understand finance? I mean, finance is for big companies. They are the ones with the big money, and, and I, don't, I don't need to go into the details of that. That, is a, that. that could also be a misconception. Some people could say, oh, I have an accountant already, so I don't need to understand finance. Anything, question you have about finance, just direct it to my accountant that also is a big misconception um some people might say i don't have the time what i do is uh is very important uh, therefore i the details of just doing the numbers is not up for me i i will argue otherwise that that is a huge misconception and I recommend that any person starting a business, everyone needs to understand finance. Why? Because your financial report is like a health report. Whether you are there or not, the report will speak for you. And it is your numbers that will tell how healthy you are as a business or as an individual or it will say how sick you are. And if you don't know what is wrong with you in terms of health or sickness, you will not be able to recommend or take the appropriate drugs that can make you better. Finance is a very important measurement tool to know how you're making progress. We started this this year and we are here this year. Sometimes it is very, very possible in business that you are just in one place, marching up and down, but you're not making progress. And it is true that you could be marching in one place, not making progress, but it is also deliberate. However, you will not be able to tell if that is true, except if you have deliberately programmed it within your financial structure. And whether you like it or not, the truth is finance is not all about calculations. Finance is about decision-making. It's about strategy. It's about making good choices that have huge financial implications. And for those of us who subcontract our accounting or our financial management to accountants, the truth of the matter is the accountant is the one making the important decision. So the argument is if you are making the most important
there is a training in most business schools, they say accounting for managers. What does that mean? It means you do not have to learn all the accounting calculations or the formulas, or you do not have to produce any deep calculative documents. But when you are presented with basic financial statements, such as profit and loss, cash flow, balance sheet, you'll be able to read it and understand. And we also said finance is important for developing business strategy. The next important question that many people ask is, where can I start from? I need to do this finance, but how can I start? What do I need to do? It's quite easy. Start by keeping records. Maintain a very good financial record of your either daily bookkeeping, how much income did you generate? How much money did you spend? How much money is left behind? Where is the money left behind? Is it impressed in, in, in a particular safe physically or it's left in the bank? Another very good suggestion that I will make is open a bank account for your business as early as possible. When you open a bank account for your business, make sure all your bank transactions goes into the bank and all your expenses come out from the bank. Once you do that, you are automatically keeping your book, your books using the bank statement. So if you want to know how much money you generated within a particular day, all you need to do is to download your bank statement and you'll be able to know. Using the basic uh, formula for bank statements, you'll be able to generate a P&L for the business and you'll also be able to generate a balance sheet. However, without that basic record, one will find it really hard to, um, to, to, to generate um, your profit and loss statement. Be consistent in record keeping. If you are keeping a book record or you're keeping daily ledger, make sure that you're consistent. Do not keep record for one month and not keep for the other. Do not keep record for one day and not keep for another because you, um, it will not relate. Um, the, the, the consistency of that record is highly, highly important. Then today we are going to learn how to analyze some of this record. You need to ask questions. What does this mean? How can this change? What can we improve? What can we reduce? Um, that is, once you start doing that and you see how helpful it is, it will help you or encourage you to even keep more record. Like I said, open a bank account for your business. Try as much as possible to separate your business record from your personal record. Do not keep your business record inside your personal account. No matter how hard you try, the temptation will always come that the money in your personal bank account is your money. But it is not. If you're keeping your business money in there, it belongs to your business. And you should be able to account for your business money separately from your financial, uh, your business finance. Then develop a financial policy that is mostly important to you. 
Because if you do not keep that record, if you do not follow that policy, no one will. You can start by saying um, all payments goes into the bank. If you do not transfer payments given to you to the company's bank account, no staff of yours will. Then you also say no, uh, all payments must be receipted. That way you're able to audit what money goes into the bank and you're able to match it to which customer paid for what. Um, that, that starts a, a, a culture of accountability uh, within the system. So if you do not follow that rule, uh, no one will. You can also say all payments must come from the bank. Um, you must, if, if, if cash payments are made, you must first put it in the bank before you bring it out. All these are examples of very good financial policy um, that you can develop and you can start your record keeping from there. So now I will invite one or two persons who will want to share how they have been keeping their financial record and how it has been helping them just very briefly. Um, if, you want to, if you want to speak, you can just unmute your mic and say something. I think we have time for one or two persons. Hello. Hi. Please, I, I want to ask, thank you for the lecture so far. I want to ask, um, how can one do account auditing by himself? And okay. we do, I don't know, we government come up any day seeking for once um, audited account because they usually need want to get an expert to do it and it's very, very expensive for the kind of small business I do. Okay, but before you go, uh, permit me to ask, do you keep any form of financial record and what, what record do you keep? How do you keep it? I, I was doing it before, but along the line I actually stopped because it was tiring, it was really tiring. I had to stop. And I could not. Wait, what were you doing back. before now? I was producing coconut oil. I produce coconut oil. So each time I go no. for the production, I write everything out. After my sales, I write it out. But okay. debt and all, it was so complex to track. So I had to stop along the line. Okay. 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 That is, um, that is a very, very good and practical um example for us she was keeping record but because of the complications of keeping the record she um she she had to now stop um he, he, okay. thank you go ahead okay he, he, not she. sorry he he not she i'm a man oh he's sorry sorry i'm very sorry forgive me forgive me <laughs> forgive no me Yes, thank you. Yes. Okay, thank you so much. Um, and then I see so many people are writing comments. That is very um, helpful. Someone said, Michael said, it's not an easy tax. I keep record through POS payment inflow and via narration to uh, flow. Yes. 
Um, okay, great. These are very good suggestions. And of course, it gives us reason to continue this our discussion. Uh, permit me to postpone your question on audit um, to probably the ending of the session. Maybe we can look at that later after we have finished discussing what we have for, for today. So let's go into the details of what we have today. We are going to be talking about these three financial statements. And now we are going to start with the profit and loss uh, statement. So a profit and loss statement is also known as the income statement. And the reason why it is called income uh, statement is because the strength of your income as a business says a lot about you. And in so many instances, in so many cases, your income is one of, if not the most important thing about your business. So the profit and loss statement is also called the income statement. Why? because it shows the strength or shows the revenue of your business and the expenses that you have incurred within a particular period of time. For most businesses, when they borrow money, they feel as if they have generated income. No, income, loan is not part of your income. Income is the money that customers are willing to pay you for your product or service. So income must be given to you by the customers. And then the expense is the cost of doing business, what it costs you to run that business in order to generate the income from the customers. Then when we're talking about cost, there are two different types of costs within the profit and loss statement. You have the direct costs, which is directly what is involved in generating the income. And you have the indirect cost or fixed cost, which is expenses that you incur, whether you do business or not, you still incur that cost. Now, um, let's, let's go into examples of, of, uh, of a direct cost. If for instance, uh, this, uh, um, someone that just said he is doing coconut pie. What do you need to produce that coconut pie? I'm assuming you need to buy coconut, you need to buy flour, and you need to buy all the pie ingredients. Now, this, the ingredients you purchase to make the pie are the direct cost of producing that pie. The more coconut you buy, or the more ingredients you buy, the more pie you make. The less ingredients you buy, the less pie you make. So that there is a direct connection between these expenses and the product or goods produced, uh, uh, product or services produced. However, for direct, indirect costs, it does not have anything to do with the product or service. Um, for instance, my product is pie. Um, and then you have, you have what is called transportation for that pie. That is an indirect cost. Because whether you do transport or not, the pie will be produced. And you could have customers 
who will choose to travel to come and collect the pie instead of you taking it to them. So the transportation for that pie is indirectly connected to that pie. So in most cases, there are costs that are not directly associated with the product and service, which has to be separated from those costs that are directly connected to the product. Why is this important? It is important because as a business owner or a manager, you have the sole responsibility of determining what goes into direct expenses or costs and what goes into indirect costs. And your choice will be what will determine if you have high expenses or if you will even get profit at the end of the day. So it is important to always choose wisely. Then of course your profit and loss statement will show you what is your gross profit, what is your net profit. For us to be able to determine this, let's look at the structure of a P&L statement so that we'll be able to know when a gross profit comes in and when net profit comes in. The, the first line of your profit and loss has to do with your income or revenue line. Let me also remind you or introduce to you that you can have more than one income stream. You, if you choose to sell coconut pie, that is just one product. You can also choose to sell soft drinks. You can also choose to sell food. So every item you sell that generates income, if, even if it is directly related to the product or not, it is a different income stream for your business. Someone can be doing taxi and at the same time choose to do advertising. So they have income from transport and they have income from advertising. Those are two different income streams. Or it can be related income streams where you have income from snacks and income from drinks. However, if you're keeping your record, the first line that you must record is your revenue, your income. The second line that you need to do is the cost of goods sold. How much did it cost us directly to produce this product or service? When you have recorded that, you take it out of your income or revenue. What you get is line three, which is gross profit. Gross profit is your total revenue after the cost of direct cost of production is taken out. This shows the profitability, the gross, the larger part of the profit of their business. However, it is also known that the business has other expenses that are not directly related to production. That is the administrative cost, the fixed cost, or the indirect cost. Now you record any of such costs that is associated with that. And you can also, for businesses that have loans, you can also record your interest payment. Not the loan repayment, just interest payment into this, uh, into your cost, administrative cost. Then if you also are supposed to pay tax, Every business is supposed to pay tax. The record of your tax payment is supposed to come after your administrative cost. 
Now, when you total your expenses and you subtract it from your total revenue, what is left behind at the end of the day is called net profit. What is left behind at the end of the day is called net profit. Now, um, if we call the profit and loss statement income statement, and I said it is set that way because income is a very important aspect of your business, it is possible that you can be generating good income but at the end of the day, you are not generating any net profit. It doesn't mean that your business is not working. It just means that you have to be able to read more into your business to understand what needs to be done more. So the question now is, how do you analyze your profit and loss statement? How are you able to read more into the numbers. Before we discuss that, let's look at an example of a profit and loss statement that I just created. This is not a real business. Um, this is an example I just want us to look at. It's a restaurant business and we recorded that this business has a total gross income of 486,000 from three different revenue streams. Um, Meals, snacks, and soft drinks. The strongest of them all is meals. Then it has a direct cost of food items, snacks, ingredients, soft drinks, uh, transport and labor, loading and offloading for the business. A total direct cost of 258500 and a total gross profit of 227500 the business has indirect cost or fixed cost of staff salaries, rent, communication, transport, light, marketing, TV subscription, restaurant maintenance, a total of 225. And when that is taken out of what is left of the gross profit, the business is left with 2,500. Now, this is an example of one month profit and loss statement from a business and you have taken the time to keep this record. You have line item of how much money you brought in. You have line item of how much money you have spent on each item. You have line item of how much money you have spent on each administrative cost. And you also have a proof of what your money left behind is. How can you read further? How can you diagnose your... Um, profit and loss statement. The first part I will say is measure the strength of your budgeted income versus your actual income. We are going to look at budget later on, but if you want to analyze your income statement very well, you need to be able to say what was our plan. If we are generating 486 actual income, when we started the month, how much did we want to generate? Oh, we wanted to generate 5 million. And here we are generating 486. It means we are just doing 
So we have 90% all the way to go. It could also be that when the business started for that month, it says we want to generate 100,000. And here we are generating 486. What does that mean? It means we are outperforming our goal and we may have underestimated our potential. So one way to analyze your business profit and loss statement is to measure the strength of your budgeted income versus your actual income. Limit the cost of production to not more than 40%. This means that this cost of production should not be more than 40% of the income you have generated. It means if you are generating 100 Naira, your, what it costs you to produce 100 Naira should not be more than 40 Naira. Keep your admin and fixed cost at a maximum of 20% of total income. So it means that if it costs you 40% to produce the actual product or service, it should cost you not more than 20% to carry out your administrative costs. At the end of the day, your total costs should be around 60% and your net profit should be around 40%. Now, profit is the function of your cost management versus innovation. What do I mean by this? It means that you could have a business where customers are lining up every day to buy your product or service. Customers are clamoring, oh, we love this, we love this, and they are paying good money. But when you look at your account, you see that you're not making profit. What is the problem? The problem could just directly mean that your cost management structure is not working well. Your cost of production could be high. Your indirect cost could also be high. At the same time, a business could have a very good cost management structure where their cost of production is really low and their administrative cost is also low. However, their income is extremely low. They are not even able to take care of business. So for you to make profit, you have to pursue the two objectives at the same time. You have to be able to manage your cost very well and you have to be innovative in a way that customers are looking or willing to pay for your product uh, service. And it is true that while uh, many of us as entrepreneurs know how to cut costs immediately, the major part of improving a business always has to do with income, innovation. Is your product or service solving a problem? Why are customers looking for your product? What can you do to enrich that experience that they are having? And how can you make that experience invaluable that people are willing to put um, their money on it? So uh, this is the little I have on profit and loss. I don't know if anyone has a question or additional input that you want to make. Michael, you want to ask a question, go ahead.
Michael, can you hear me? Michael is asking, at what point should we ensure this structure time frame? Um, good morning, Michael. Okay, I'm not sure if he's... Okay, at what point should we ensure this structure or time frame so the structure of your business if we look at sorry someone has his mic on we're getting some feedback so if you can just mute your mic uh so that we can continue if we look at if we look at the pnl example that i gave earlier on you will see that it it will show you what percentage of your income is spent producing um, the product or service. For instance, this blue restaurant profit and loss statement shows that they have four hundred and eighty six thousand for that month, and it's costing them two hundred and fifty eight. That is more than 50% of their income to produce um, the income in itself. So you can see that the room for improvement is if this restaurant can perform better by reducing their cost of production from 50 something percent down to 40%. So the structure comes out of your profit and loss report at the end of the month. If you do not develop and produce a profit and loss statement, at the end of that month, there is no way you will know what your cost structure look like. You can't just have it at the back of your head. It needs to be a paper. You need to be able to say, for this month, we produce this amount of money. For this month, it costs us this amount to produce this amount. It costs us this amount as indirect, and we have this amount left behind. So if you are making improvement for the future months, you will also be able to see how much improvement um, you have made. Yes, I hope that answers your question. And like I said earlier on when we started, you need to start keeping your question, uh, you need to start keeping your record as soon as possible. Without a record, you will not be able to kind of bring out any structure. Um, Jimmy, you want to ask a question, go ahead. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Good morning, Sir. Good morning, sir. Go ahead. Uh, my question is um, uh, a situation whereby I'm producing a particular product and uh, a lot of people hear me if you can hear me we're having a bit of a problem hearing you clearly we're having a bit of a problem hearing you clearly i think we have a network problem 
So I'm wondering if you'll be able to type your question. Okay, let me type it then. Okay, because we can't, we can't, I can't, re I can't hear you very well. So. Someone has his hand raised up. Umerwa, uh, do you want to ask your question if your network will allow you? Yes, I have a question, sir. Go ahead. Um, like, I, like yesterday, I mentioned where I come from. There is this mm -hmm. experience I have with a friend of mine who makes clothes, who makes men's clothes, especially okay. to be precise, suits. Now, okay. why I'm asking this is relating to cost of production, reducing it, making it below 50, uh, 40% or within 40%. It is difficult for him, for his cost of production to be below that due to what? Lack of infrastructure. And the number one reason is light, that is power. He has a genset. Because at a point we now said, how do we help him? Because I patronize him. We see the challenges he passes through. We now ask, what is your problem? Why is it that you're not meeting up when we order for jackets to be made and trousers, he told us number one challenge is power, light. We now said, okay, you have a lister because we even contributed to help him buy generator. You have a lister. Another challenge that comes from that angle is the cost. He's into really production of men's clothing. He spends up to one million in buying diesel every month. Hmm. So what does that tell you? Production must be very high. And it becomes difficult for him to make up with a good profit margin after uh, the more expenses and the rest. What? There is a cost limit or there is a production limit. When other things are factored in, your cost of production will be higher than your competitive um, 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 uh, your competitors from other no i have heard you loud and clear that is good yeah thank you for thank you for that question um and thank you for that experience and i will say that it's it's it's, it's in kind of you're adding value to what we are talking about because if one is able to tell that his profit is not good enough it means that um it means that it means that the the person understands the finance it means you have kept your form of record up to the point that you can see that your profit margin is low if he knows how much he spends on diesel and he knows how much he 
um, has more of indirect costs or costs that are associated with direct costs, then it can influence his costing. Um, and then now, if we are talking about costing, costing is a totally different topic on its own, which we didn't plan to discuss here today. But the question that you should, we can take home with us is, how do you cost your product and service? What are the things you consider when you are doing your costing? Because remember, the customer cannot determine your price. The customer can only, is the one making the payment when they perceive value. So how do you, how do you give them a price that will be equal to the value that they perceive? And that, that is a complicated discussion, but if I can give you one very tiny example is to say you have art painting that are going to cost maybe, if you sell them for $50,000 in New York, they will probably arrest you because the value of those paintings are much more than $1 million. But if you brought those same painting and you put 1 million Naira in Wuse market, people will be laughing at you because nobody will want to buy that painting probably for that amount of money. So you can see that the customer has a way of perceiving value. And when they perceive value, it doesn't matter how much you tell them your price is. Because they have seen value that they can exchange for their money, they will be willing to pay. So it is also your duty as the business owner or as the manager to be able to say, what value in terms of innovation are we offering to the customer? And how can we charge? Because there needs to be a cost on that value. If you do not charge for the value, you may probably not be able to make profit because you are probably just, just charging for your direct cost and indirect cost, and that's all. Because the 40% profit margin remaining is actually supposed to be a evaluation cost uh, or evaluation uh, payment in a way. That, that's the minimum. Because in most cases, if you improve your efficiency, you can also produce at less than 40%. You can have an indirect cost at less than 20%. All this, if you add them up, it will increase your net profit margin to a higher level. So we are running out of time and I still have budget to discuss. So let me just quickly rush into budgeting. And um, before we go on break to say, the very good way to, to measure your profit and loss statement is when you can do a projected profit and loss statement. And a projected profit and loss statement is what we call budget. So what is a budget? A budget is simply a roadmap. It's a financial plan of how much money you want to generate, how much money you want to spend, and how much money you want to make in terms of profit. If you do not make a budget, there is really no way of measuring your performance because it is only when you compare the budget versus the actual that you'll be able to see how far you are from reality. 
If you are very far from reality, then you need to do some reality check. If you are very close to reality, it means that you are doing something right. Then the next question is, how can you even do better? How can you do much more? A typical budget will usually contain important assumptions about business trends, uh, what is happening in society, what is the norm, what are customers willing to pay for? For instance, customers' behavior before COVID and after COVID is not the same. And as an entrepreneur or a business owner, you cannot continue producing as if COVID never happened. Every country in the world was affected by COVID. So whether you like it or not, you need to take into consideration the business trends or the industry trends. What are your colleagues doing in the business? How can you innovate? How can you beat this challenge that is placed before us by COVID? And a very good way to measure your performance and your reaction to the reality is to do a budget. Is to say, given the realities of COVID, or given the realities of the industry, we are projecting that we will not generate much income in this area, but we are going to increase our performance in this area. Or because we are unable to generate income in this area, we are going to reduce our expenses to this margin and to that. Without these important assumptions and decision-making in light of that assumption, you will probably be flying blind. You will just be working until something hits you. Boom, you say, oh, COVID has happened. Say, boom, oh, customers are not buying anything. Oh, boom, I don't have money. And before you know it, it will be the end of the business. Another important thing, a typical budget will ensure that there is more money coming in than going out. Now, the truth of the matter is, if you cannot make profit on paper, if you do all your analysis, include all your expenses, and you see that you're not making profit on paper, the truth is you will actually not make profit in reality. There is no two ways about it. I know even for myself, many business owners, when they are making a budget, they will even not put their salary inside the costs. Why? Because they want the business to show that, ah, there is money left behind. But the truth of the matter is you need your salary. After you have shown that the money left behind and you come and withdraw the money, then what, what does that show? Nothing. So it is always good, even if you're not going to pay yourself, record your salary as part of the expense. Because your salary is different from the profit. So if you do a budgeted P&L for a particular month and you notice that there is no money left behind, that is dangerous. You should be in emergency mode and you should try and start making efforts to see that you change that trajectory to a position where you are able to make profit. Let me give you an example of what it looks like to have a profit, uh, profit and loss statement analysis versus uh, projected P&L. So in January, we had the P&L for Blue Restaurant, which is the actual that we have here. Now, given the performance that they had, the owners of this restaurant are making adjustments 
through a forecast or a projected P&L for the next month. And they are projecting that they are going to double or almost double, about 75% more income for meals. They are going to multiply snacks from 84,000 to 300,000, which is 350% more. Why are they doing that is the question. If we now go back to their previous performance, we will see that snacks produce 84,500, while the cost of production for snacks was just 12,500. That is to tell you that it costs for, for them to produce um, 84,000, it cost them less than 20% to produce what they had which means that snacks was their most profitable product. Therefore, in making a strategic decision, they decided to increase their production in this area so that they will be able to just increase their margin of production a little bit by around 40% and increase the net profit that will be generated from the production of snacks. The, the business is moving from 486,000 Naira gross income to 1 million Naira gross income, which is 107,000, uh, 107% difference in terms of production or performance. Now, this third line of percentage is the exact measurement of how much gap either you have moved forward or backward. It is important to keep these metrics when you are doing your P&L projection because it will tell you how far you are from reality or how bad you're doing in terms of yeah, your performance. Uh, the gross profit was increased from 227 to 565. The net profit net is the profit. greatest impact from 2,500 to 235,000, which is about a thousand percent different. Now, if you look at this business, it's probably using the same resources to generate very different income at the end of the day. If you met this business at the end of January when it was producing 2,500 as net income, they will probably say we need money to borrow or we need some kind of magic to help us. But when they did this projected um, uh, P&L or budget, they realized that in one month, they can actually have 235,000 Naira left behind. And if they keep up this trend for the next five to six months, they will have 1 million Naira kept aside as net profit. Um, how do you analyze a budget? Just like we have discussed, it is an important tool of measurement that determines how far or how close a business is to reality. If you diagnose it properly, it will show you specific areas that need improvement and to what degree you need to do that. It can guide your business in determining where future investment and strategic decisions need to be made. A budget can save business money ahead of time. If you don't make money on paper, you certainly will not make it in 
reality. So we have come to the end of our discussion on P&L and uh, budget. So let's see if there are more questions. Michael wrote, what do you mean by the portfolio? Uh, is for evaluation, profit. Michael, do you want to clarify that question? Michael, can you hear us? You feel free to type the question. Does anyone have any question or contribution? Okay, profit is used for evaluation. Your net, your net profit, your net profit shows how much money is left behind after, uh, uh, after all your costs has been taken out. Your profit shows your return on investment. There is a calculation that is called break even. Break even. And break even calculation shows how much money have you invested in the business in terms of capital and how much money have you been able to cash out from your business. If the money you have been able to cash out or dividends paid is equal to the monies invested, then it will be said in the finance world you have broken even. And any other money you get afterwards is profit. Um, and then, of course, you know, net profit at the end of the day, you can cash it out by taking the money to yourself or you can reinvest it back into the business, which goes into the balance sheet. And that will be the next thing that we are going to be um, discussing. Um, let's just take one question from Abdulaziz before we go on break. He said, you have a business, uh, you want to use your business as an illustration. Can you go ahead quickly, please? Yeah, thank you very much. Can you hear me, please? Yes, I can hear you. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I'm actually a farmer, anyway. Uh, concerning the first, uh, the, concerning the first training that was done, which is the P&L aspects. So now, uh, due to the COVID-19 uh, situation, uh, we all know cost of uh, inputs generally has been on the high side. So now, for we farmers now, we are having some bit of challenges. Uh, cost of seed, cost of uh, machinery, tools, even labor cost is now on the high side. So at the point, though I do keep record anyway, but at the point, looking at the cost of production, which we cannot escape from, and this cost of production at the point are always a fixed cost of uh, cost of uh, how should I put it? expense anyway. So if you try to drop one to take the other option, you still have to like probably spend more. For example, if you are trying to use uh, the manual laborers instead of buying uh, a mechanical widow, for instance you will notice you will still be spending even more 
using manual laborers than you getting a mechanical widow to do your weeding and the likes. And knowing that the cost of that mechanical widow is also on the high side now. And now where I'm actually trying to go to now is after producing your vegetables now, you decide to take it to the markets. And now markets have their own fixed price, or probably, how should I put it? It varies, prices varies, goes down, come back up, goes down, come back up. But at the point of your harvest, the current market price is the amount you can sell. And you, after doing your record, you only know that, okay, your cost of production costs you this, and this is the price you are to sell your produce in order for you to be able to break even, not to even talk of uh, having a net profit. This is the amount you need to sell to break even. So you're taking your produce down to the market and knowing at the back of your mind that it is a perishable produce. Taking it to the market and market prices is now even below what you are intended to sell. Then you decide that, okay, Probably the open market is not favorable. Even the uh, standard market options for you. The standard market also probably due to the COVID-19 situation, they are no longer buying at the uh, amount they used to buy. They are now also negotiating for a lower price. What would that farmer have to do in that instance? Fantastic also question. Knowing, also knowing your produce is actually a, a perishable one, what are you going to do? Fantastic question, Abdulaziz, for the farmer. And you have done very well because you have showed the value of our discussion today, which is you need to take into cognizance the financial activity uh, of the business and you also need to check industry and customer behavior. If one answers that question for you, it means we have taken over your business. So it is the responsibility of that business owner to say, given all this financial data I have, therefore, how can I make good decisions that will help me to make profit or to change my direction in a way that I can have a bit more of flexibility rather than what is going on due to COVID-19. So I totally agree with you. And I also agree that that is a difficult question and it is important for the farmer to be able to answer it uh, so that you can be able to make a headway in what seems like a very difficult time. Prince said, does it mean that budgeting can help raise capital within or outside the business? Generally speaking, um, cap raising capital is a different topic, but what budgeting means you are making. If you're making 2,500, it is profit, it is good, but can you make more? And if you're making more money, and over time you will have this bulk of money, over time you're going to have this bulk, then why do you need to borrow? So you see budgeting can help you start thinking of long-term strategies of raising uh, capital and how to invest in your business. Very, very good discussion, guys. I really thank you so much for engaging me. And uh, I like that. We have exceeded our time um, more than 
we more than what was allocated to us. We're supposed to take a 10 minute break, but I would recommend we take, uh, maybe we'll take uh, eight minutes break. So it's 10.07 and um, I will just come back by 10.15. So you can stay on the line if you want, uh, or you can just um, log out and log in again, I think so. But we will be back by 10.15 to take the second session, which will last us until 11 a.m. Thank you so much. your liability plus equity. There are two types of assets. You ha we have the short-term assets, which is also known as current assets. Now, the reason why these are called current assets is because of how easy it is to change them into cash. If you have something that you can easily turn into cash, it is called short-term asset. For instance, if you have money in the bank, it is called liquidity. That is good money. You, money is, is like, it's like the blood of every business. So if you have money in the bank, you have cash reserve. It means you have current asset. You have a large stock of current asset. If you have goods that that you have produced but you have not yet collected money from the customer for it um, um, that also can be an asset then if you if you have stocks in the stock market that you can sell at any time in the equity market to get some cash that also can be a short-term asset but there are stocks that are also long-term because of the complication of selling them. Long-term assets are those assets that will take you a bit of time to sell, especially when you want to sell it at its true value. A good example is property, landed properties, plants, equipment, um, vehicles. All those are long-term assets that take a bit of time. Any form of machinery that takes a bit of time before you're able to sell so as we rightly said these assets are classified into true they are either paid for true liability or equity let's start with a liability what is a liability a liability is a future financial obligation of a business that means if you collect if you borrow money if you make any financial decision that will require you to pay some amount of money in the future that is a liability. And that liability can be also be short-term or long-term. Anything payable within one year is short-term. Anything above two years is long-term liability. The difference between expenses and liability is that for expense, you incur them as you are running the business. You do not have any business arrangement that will postpone it into the future. However, when you renegotiate expenses and push them into the future to be paid, they move from being 
regular expense to liabilities because they have become future financial obligations. Then we go into equity. Equity is the owner's contribution to the business, either through capital contribution, sweat, or profit capital. So if you go to the bank, for instance, and you say you want to buy a car, they will ask you, is it possible to have 10% equity contribution? So if the car costs 1 million, it means they want you to be part of the purchase by providing up to 100,000 Naira so that you are part of um, the, the asset purchase. You own 10% of it. So it's the same way for all our business assets. We can own part of it by also putting our own equity. And equity can be through capital contribution. Um, it can be providing services for free for the business. And it can also be through profit. Through profit, when you have net profit and you have the right as the business owner to cash out or to pay yourself dividends, and you decide that, no, 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 we are not going to pay dividends. We're going to reinvest the money back into the business. Then it becomes equity contribution through profit. For sweat, you can decide to provide services for your company. Um, and you, you will put a price to your service. And you will say, I'm going to provide, I'm going to work hard eight hours a day, every five days of the week for this business and my salary is going to be 100,000 Naira every month. However, I know that this business cannot afford to pay 100,000 Naira now. So what I'm going to do is every month, I'm going to record 100,000 as money they due to be paid for salary for the CEO. At the end of one year, it will have accumulated into 1.2 million. And it will be part of the liability of the business future obligation that it has to pay 1.2 million to the CEO. Then I write the company a letter and say, because the company is in a difficult position, I am converting my payment into equity. So what you have just done is you have converted sweat into capital. I'm getting a bit of feedback. So if you can just help us mute your mic. Um, as we proceed. So this is the general um, definition of what a balance sheet is and what is... Hello? Okay. Um, let's look at the elements of the balance sheet by Looking at this example, Jonathan's balance sheet shows that he has one asset, which is a HP Pavilion laptop, which was valued at 200,000 Naira only. So the question is, how did he get the laptop? He had a savings of 100,000. He borrowed 100,000. Therefore, his asset of 200,000 is equal to liability 100 plus equity 100 which gives us the, our calculation that asset is equal to liability plus equity. Now I want to just give you a very, very short class trial, a trial question. 
and I want you to try your hands and see if you'll be able to do it. Jonathan bought a house in Abuja for 2 million Naira in June 2015. He invested 1,200,000 Naira of his money and he borrowed 800,000 Naira from the bank at 20% annual interest rate for eight years. In June 2020, Jonathan wants to sell the house and it was valued at 10 million Naira. I have two questions for you. What is Jonathan's equity as at June 2020? That is five years later. And what is his liability? Anyone wants to give it a try? I'm reading some of the comments. Um, Sarah is having difficulty with the um, network. I'm sure after the session, uh, Glory will be able to just give a quick narration that you will be able to have access to the recording and you can listen to it uh, later on. And if you have questions, you can, you can send them. Can impute any answer. What is Jonathan's equity as at June 2020? And what is his liability? Techno Spark said the and Mike at June 20. Um, but we said Jonathan invested one point. Now he borrowed eight hundred thousand for eight at Jonathan will be paying back 100,000 of this 800 every year for eight years. And on top of this 800, he's going to be paying 20% interest. So the interest is not recorded here, but the assumption is every year, he will pay 100,000 of these 800, right? But is the time frame that the house grown his money or he has grown his asset from 2 million, it's more or less like a million in 2015. 
15 is now 10 million. However, growth of the asset does not change when your asset is growing through investment through the profit through the mortgage it means your equity is also growing because you are the Professor. owner it is your own question uh, yes michael yes michael. Yeah, I, I want to ask what, what if he has not grown his asset you we, like you are assuming for him that he must have grown his assets uh, by one, the 1.7 million era to, to that. But what if he has not grown the asset? Because we were told he bought a car here. We were not told whether the car is a... Is no, it's not a car. It's not a car. I said Jonathan bought a house well, I mean, in I mean, Abuja. House, I mean. so, okay, okay, okay. so, so how, do we, how did we know that he has grown his asset, Michael? Oh, okay, okay, all right. How did we know that? Because someone because someone is willing to offer him 10 million. So whether he likes it or not, the asset has grown. So you know there are assets that when you purchase them, they become productive. They are productive assets that immediately begin to produce money for you. But there are also dead assets that you have spent money on them, but they may not be producing money. Then there are assets that can produce money for you, but you have to depreciate them. And that is usually plants and machineries. When you buy machineries, when you buy furniture, when you buy um, things like that, you have to depreciate them at a particular accepted accounting depreciation rate every year until the book value becomes zero but unlike depreciating assets there are also assets that appreciate such as land a land in 2010 is not the same as land in 2020 then there is also artwork um, you know the older the artwork the more valuable the money uh, becomes then there is also brand when you start a business now Nobody will know it, but in 100 years, in 200 years, it can be a very big brand, such as Coca-Cola, Apple, Microsoft, ETC. So let's look at a sample of a balance sheet. This is extremely very basic balance sheet. There are more complicated balance sheets you are going to see. But let's start with this basic balance sheet. How do you read this? How do you understand this? So the top part is explaining the assets and the lower part is explaining how those assets are purchased. So the accounts receivable means these are money that are owed the business. Customers have taken goods or products, service, but they have not paid. So we are waiting for them to pay. So we value it, the money, the receipts or the invoice, unpaid invoices, 105,000. Then we have bank and cash balance inside the bank, 56,000 Naira. We have long-term assets of this business, kitchen equipment, 220, furniture, 70. So the total standing asset of the business is 451,000 Naira. How did we come about this asset? 
the owners of the business contributed equity capital of 100,000 Naira. The business has a accounts payable, which is like expenses that have now turned into liabilities of 51,000 Naira. The business also have a long-term liability of 300,000 Naira. When you add it up, it becomes 451,000. Now, let's look at the diagnosis. What do you, how do you diagnose? How do you analyze asset? When you borrow money and you spend it on your operations, it goes into your profit and loss statement. It doesn't stay in your balance sheet. What stays in your balance sheet is that you have an asset liability of 300, 1 million, or 10 million naira. So make sure when you borrow money, quickly push it into buying an asset that will generate um, that will generate profit. So what I'm saying is 300,000 here borrowed, you can quickly translate and see that 220,000 naira used in purchasing kitchen equipment. So in a way, you can say we borrowed 300,000, at least 220,000 is still here. The remaining 80,000, maybe it has gone into other activities. Um, your equity, always grow your equity. Never buy something without putting equity. Your equity can be true either your sweat capital or your profit but endeavor to grow your own equity contribution either through your own money or through uh, profit grow equity by purchasing assets that generate income for your business remember just like jonathan who bought a house he invested only 1.2 million but within five years his equity has transformed from being 1.2 to 9.2 seven what does this mean when you buy assets that generate income high income it will grow your equity contribution very fast because it generates profit and if you don't withdraw the profit you leave it in the business then your standing as a business grows very strong when you borrow money and spend it on operations it costs the cost that cost is recorded in your p l like i said earlier ensure that you your borrowed money remains in your balance sheet by buying assets. There is what is called debt to equity ratio. And that is usually the measurement of your debt versus equity. When try keeping that minimum at one is to one, which is for every money you borrowed, you have one money to pay back. So if you look at this business, it has a total liability of 351 versus equity of 100. So you can see that the debt to equity ratio is 3.5 is to one. Therefore, it means for every 3.5 debt, there is only one money to pay back. It is a dangerous position to be in as a business because if all your creditors demand payment, your business can be shut down and you will still not have enough money to pay your debt. 
grow equity and maintain one is to one equity debt to equity ratio. When you reinvest your profit into the business rather than cashing out, you are actually growing your asset and equity, um, equity portfolio. So if you, let's take the most basic business now, you're making, you're making meat pies and bonds. And after taking away all your costs, you have paid yourself 10,000 Naira, you have done everything, you have a net profit of 10,000 Naira. Now, if you decide to say, I'm not going to repeat the same size of um, meat pie again, I am going to add value to this meat pie by adding this 10,000 Naira profit instead of cashing it out into that production. Now, it will either produce more, which will generate more money, or it will increase the quality of the meat pie which will now allow your customers to request for more. Now you invested the same amount of money. You didn't cash out. The first month you got 10,000. The second month it is possible that things went good and you were able to generate 20,000, 30,000. Before you will know it, the same amount of money you invested 12 months ago or 24 months ago is now producing 100,000 Naira monthly for you. What have you done? You have grown your financial position, your asset, the small money you use to start the business, you have used it to grow an equity or an asset base that is generating monthly income of 100,000 Naira for you. And that is business, that is profit, that is wealth creation. Remember that loans are assets too. When you borrow money, it is good for business. Usually, it is used to expand your operations. When you have an opportunity and you do not know how to get money to expand, it is only right that you use money, borrowed money, to take advantage of such opportunity. Be careful when you borrow such money and you spend it in places where the money cannot come back, you are digging a hole for your business then you start scavenging and you start struggling on how to pay back the loan. And usually when you have to borrow loan to pay another loan, you keep growing that portfolio while your equity keeps shrinking. Your equity can be in the positive, but what you need to know is this equity can also go into negative. It can become minus 100, minus 1 million. Another thing that business owners and managers need to know is just because someone has an asset that looks beautiful or looks uh, flashy and vogue or flamboyant doesn't mean they have the money to buy them. We know from this balance sheet discussion that an asset can be financed in two ways. So it can actually be zero equity, 100% liability. So always use loans wisely. Use loans wisely. They are assets, but use them wisely. Um, do we have questions on balance sheet?
Okay, we have previous comments from the Benedict said the value of his house could still depreciate in the case where Boko Haram invade the area and people <laughs> run away. Very true, you're right. That, that, that economic or social political setup that can affect the uh, valuation of assets. Um, and Michael said the value of his house could still depreciate in the case. Okay, still the same thing. Okay. Okay. Um, do we have more questions on balance sheet or we can quickly move into cash flow? Michael, you have a question. If you can unmute your mic, if your network is good, and you can ask it quickly. Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Go ahead. Okay, my name is Michael. Yeah, I just want to ask. I just want to ask a question. That, uh, if you have a, if you have a, a capital that just becomes mm -hmm. dead, you know, maybe there are some capital that are dead, dead capital. So, and you have borrowed money, finance such capital. How do you get out of that sort of mess, that kind of mess? And uh, just yeah. like what my one of my one of my colleagues asked, the capital could become dead due to economic and uh, security challenges and all that. So, how do you get out of that mess? You know? Hello. Okay. Yes, I get you. I get you. Yes, I heard you. Thank you so much, Michael, for, 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 for that question. Um, you said, what happens if a capital becomes dead? Well, the capital is, you know, like we said, it's easier to refer it to an asset. When you buy an asset and the asset becomes a dead asset where it is not generating income, um, I don't know what you can do. You have multiple options left to you, but you, the essence of this session for business owners listening is to say, what asset do I have? Can you list out your assets? That is your income generating asset and your also non-income generating assets. And if you do that, you're going to take stock of your resources and you are going to see how have I, um, have I been underutilizing my resources um, and are there resources that I can beat up to life? Are there resources that I can do a blood transfusion and they, they will wake up, they will wake up from, from coma? You could have a network of people that you are not utilizing and that could be a dead asset, that you only meet with them, you just you gossip and you do that but you're not taking advantage of that. And if you say, if I have this network of people, if I have this network of community, that if I take advantage of it, you just need to put small input and you will generate, that is an asset that you can bring to life. But on the other hand, you can actually buy a car and it can have an accident, you're gone. So the question is when you're also making, when you're taking stock of your financial resources as a businessman, you can also go further by doing a risks analysis. You say, what risks do my resources face? As a transport company, our greatest resource is the vehicles we use and the drivers that drive them. So we ask, what are some of the risks that we face? And quickly we will say accidents. We face theft, 
and stuff like that. Then we now go to the next column. What are some risk mitigation strategies that we can take? And then we now start saying, oh, maybe we should consider insuring, maybe we should do this and that. So at the end of the day, you will see that my, my role here is not to tell you what to do. It's far from it. I am not equipped to even know so much about your business, talk less of telling you what to do. But I am equipping you with information and tools that you can use to make better judgment. Because before now, as a businessman, you probably are not even aware of all the resources you have. And you are also probably not comparing your debt portfolio versus your uh, assets or your own equity. So, but if you are now being aware of it, then that is extremely helpful. If you are saying that you plan on buying a house and uh, something happens to each social economic, investing in itself is a big deal. It's an, it's an art for so many people. So it is your decision to go and buy the house. You must have seen something, you know something I don't know. And it's always a risk involved in everything. Even life itself is a risk. So you have to find a way uh, to mitigate your risks. Uh, Ferdinand Udu said, I still don't understand why liability should be calculated as an asset, but that is the truth. The liability is part of your assets. If you borrowed money to buy a car, that car is an asset. It doesn't, it doesn't change anything. And the balance sheet calculation, the formula you have to remember is that your asset is equal to your liability versus equity. Now the question is, you, we emphasize liability as, part of, as not to be part of the asset and de-emphasize equity. What you need to do is to grow your equity so that uh, if you keep your equity, debt to equity ratio as one is to one, that is good, but you can even grow it to one is to three. That is for every debt you have, you have three equity standing by. But your equity and your liability is part of your asset. And every money you borrow, any money accessible to you to use, borrowed money, it is an asset, it's an opportunity, it's power, it is influence, it's something that you can use to buy something that can generate money. So liability is a part of your asset. Okay, yes, and then Michael is saying, we also have to understand that our assets capital market is still not actively like other places. Uh, what happens if you add your liability and equity and it's lower and higher than your asset? It means it is not your balance sheet. It means it is something else. It is not possible. Before you get Z, Y must be added to X. Good, you are getting some formulas in. I will avoid them so that I don't get trap myself great jobs it, it means we're engaging and i like the contributions and the engagement and let's keep thinking about it and nobody holds monopoly over this information and knowledge remember first you can get this information online you can train yourself you can also attend courses such as the ones we offer at itinia uh, to learn more about how you can manage your finance Okay, let's go quickly into cash flow as we are rounding up the session for today. And again, I will avoid going into details of the cash flow because the cash flow statement is also a complicated calculation. But there is a simpler 
simpler version of the cash flow, which is our bank statement. And the strength, the strength of the cash flow, um, the, the definition is it shows how much money either the business or the individual controls. How much money comes to the person and how much money is leaving the person within a particular period of time. So it means the same thing as defined cash flow statement, how much cash flows through the business and how much cash the business controls and how much or how long a cash stay with a business or a business owner before it moves out. Um, a cash flow statement is also used to determine the liquidity of a business. And I will tell you that if you do not have cash, if your business is not liquid, you are like someone who is anemic. You don't have enough blood because it will limit what you can do. And you can be in very difficult positions when you do not have cash. So you will hear some business people say, oh, I have assets, I have this, but I just don't have liquidity. Um, all cash, be it business income, equity contribution, or loans are captured in, in, inside cash flow statements. So you, your, your business can show negative profit and loss. It means you're losing money month on month in your business transaction. You are generating X amount of money or you're spending a way higher number uh, either producing and administratively uh, doing business. Now, you're losing money. However, your cash flow statement can show that you're making, you have profit in cash flow. Why? Because cash flow captures loans. Even if somebody just puts money in your account and say, can you just keep this money? I will collect it back after. It, it is all considered as cash flow. And I'll also tell you another difference. When you go to the bank to borrow money, they do not ask you for your profit and loss statement because that is a difficult area for them to delve into. What they just want to know is how good is your cash flow? This person, how frequent does he get money? How long does the money stay? And how much is left behind on an average in his account at the close of the month? So the cash flow is different from um, profit and loss. Now, the interesting part here is that a business may have a good cash flow, but not so good business income. So like I said, you might be borrowing money a lot, but business-wise, you're not generating income. Then on the other hand, you might be generating good income, but your customers are not paying you and you do not even have cash to operate. So your profit and loss on paper is saying you have sold X amount, which is good money. But in reality, you don't have cash because your customers have not paid you, so your cash flow is difficult. So these are some of the things that you have to look at. And the essential lesson in looking at a cash flow statement for businesses, it is basically how best can you manage your cash? You have to find a way to make sure that you keep cash coming in and you delay cash going out. Because the more money you keep with you at every given time, the more power and opportunity you have to transform your business.
let's look at an example of a cash flow statement by looking at a bank statement of this, my example of a restaurant. They have uh, customer X payment, 105, opening balance, 86, giving them a closing balance on the second day of the month of 191. From then onwards, they have series of payments, which leaves them with 4,800 at the close of the month, uh, at the midway of the month. You will see that within 14 days period, they have spent much more than they generated. They have spent much more than they generated. This may not look important for a small business owner, but it actually affects your business. You have to keep more money than you spend. The question is, how do you do that? Delay outgoing payment as long as possible. And I'm talking about legally possible. I'm not talking don't stop paying people because you just want to delay their payment. And you need to be doing that while you are also ensuring that you get paid as quickly as possible. It is common for your customers not to pay you fast. So make sure they are paying you. While it is common for your suppliers to also be demanding for payment for you, make sure you find a way to strike a deal with them. Um, how can you do that? You consider developing policies that will allow single payment at the end of a particular period rather than frequent multiple payment. So I will tell our fuel suppliers that CCCC, I am going to buy fuel from you every day of the month for the next 12 months. However, you must allow me pay you once in a month, once in two months, or once in a quarter. What that does is it makes, it enables me keep as much money for fuel as possible inside my account while still getting fuel to run my business. And for them, it allows them guarantee a steady business of fuel purchase while getting paid once in a period. This is for suppliers that come to you. What about customers that are supposed to pay you? How do you do that? You incentivize advance payment. So you tell them this product is going to cost you 100 naira. But if you're willing to pay us for the whole year in advance, you will get automatically 30% discount. And the people say, oh, I am going to save 30 naira every month for one year. That is 360 naira. Oh, that is good money for me. I'm going to pay you one month in advance. When customers pay you one month in advance, it means you have enough cash to manage your business um, through the coming months, you know, without worrying about being paid. So these are ways that you can um, improve your cash flow management. Another one that I would suggest is avoid high interest rate loans. And what does this mean? You, it is possible for you to borrow money, uh, like the money you're borrowing from National Bank is at a single digit and most of it has a monitorium where you're not going to pay anything for six months or more. But it is possible for you to get some money in the black market that can cost you 10% monthly. What this means is for every 100,000 Naira, you pay 10,000 Naira for a particular month or a particular period. Now that 10,000 Naira 
is not principal, it is only interest. So you will notice that every month you are removing 10,000 Naira and making payments for that loan, which takes away from your cash, which takes away from your profit. Or if you don't even have profit, it means you have to find a way to provide for it. And if you do it consistently for 10 months, you will have paid the amount of the principal without paying the principal yet. So high interest loans are one of such things that will eat up your cash as fast as anything. So I will open the floor if you have any questions or comments to make about cash. If you have more ideas on how to manage cash flow or on what your experience is on managing cash flow, please unmute your mic and share with us. Yes, Michael. Michael, Michael, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I I took a facility from one of the black markets uh, a few months ago. I think last year, last year, last year. Yeah. Well, by the time I calculated all the interest paid on the loan, it was almost like uh, two times. You know, paying the loan back hundred percent with the interest. In less than nine months. So you take the first day of like a four hundred two fifty thousand, you're paying almost five hundred thousand less than nine yes. months. However, yes. why, why I'm saying this is because there are times you need you need cash, you know, you need to probably to run the business and all that to do some things. But you may not be able to get liquid. You don't have liquid at that moment. So what do you not suggest? Are you suggesting that if you are buying the business or no, I mean, uh, I will never suggest you abandon any business, no matter what. I will say keep pushing and keep fighting. Um, I will just ask you to always make a very good analysis because, like I said during the budget, that the good analysis you make on paper will go a long way in saving you money even before you actually uh, start the entire thing. So if you are borrowing money that you're going to pay twice in, in nine months, you need to really ask yourself, is it worth it? And if the answer is yes, believe you me, you should go ahead and do it without looking back. But if the answer is no, then you should ask yourself, why do I have to do this? But everything depends on you. And what we are doing today is offering you a sneak peek into the tools you can use to help you make good decisions, especially when you are borrowing that money. Because the question you should ask is, what is the interest rate? The second one is, what asset am I going to purchase? The third one is, how much will this asset be worth in the period when, I'm ha when I have to pay back? How much will this asset generate for me over a particular period of time? So if all the answers are positive, or if the answer is half positive, half negative, then you have a burden as a business owner to determine what you want to do. Um, Ina Okopi, Agu said, so, so it will, uh, will it then be okay to assume such advanced payment by customer as as asset. Well, um, it, 
it is an asset, of course, but when you go into your detail, uh, bookkeeping or balance sheet, you know that your asset is always equal to liability plus equity. So it is an asset, um, but when you, you go into the detailed calculation, you have to put it under liability because if, for instance, they are paying you for services month on month and you have not delivered particular months ahead of time, then it is on earned money. So you have to wait for the time that it is earned before you will now move it into the category of your normal regular income. But of course, any money you have at any time is an asset. Hello. Yes, sir. Hello. Yes, Bosayo, go ahead. Okay, good um good morning everyone. Good morning. I think um my own basic understanding when it comes to this cash flow and securing of loans. We we need to know what we want. Like um, the question of my brother that was raised, there was um, a time I have to secure a, a, a facility from a particular loan company. And by the time I check my interest rate, it was somehow very high and I have to pay back in six months. And considering the kind of business I do, I have to sit right to make my calculation well if it will pay me or not. And by the time I find out that the interest rate will not only affect will not only affect my business, we also take away the game. So I just have to leave it and sort the loan elsewhere. Okay. So I strongly believe of us doesn't consider those things before securing a facility. Yes. I mean, then it means our discussion today is quite fruitful and I totally agree with you and also with Michael that, you know, you have to really be able to ask the question, what is the interest rate? What am I using the loan for? Um, how am I going to pay back is tied to how much money I will be able to generate from what I am buying. So all these are important metrics and questions. Um, um, and I think it is important to, to look at them when you're managing your cash flow. Um, and then remember that sometimes, just like this um, uh, Ina Okopi asked, that would we, um, would we, Will we then assume that advance payment by customer is an asset? Yes, it's an asset. And imagine if you can get an advance payment instead of loan. That, that can be an option. But so many times we don't think about that. We only think of loan and because advance payment is for your product and service, which means that you're going to make profit from it. And also the customer will not expect any interest apart from the value of the product or service that you're going to offer. So there are so many opportunities that lie within the understanding of finance and its management. And when you make such decisions um, that are influenced by data, you will see that you are making important decisions that are going to be helpful to your business. Um, I must apologize to everyone that we have taken seven minutes more than the time allocated to us. 
And as much as I would want us to continue the conversation, we have to call it a day. This is the end of this session. Um, I will ask uh, Glory or Ojoi to take over now if there are any announcements or housekeeping to be done. Hello, Glory or Ojoi. Hello. Hello, please, Mr. Jonathan. Before you go, I dropped a question. Can you please attend to that? Can you suggest a known platform? I think all the banks accept uh, fixed deposit investment. Yes, I know. I'm just like saying that um, if that is most accurate than investing in other platforms where one can get more I think the, the best investment that you can make is in yourself. Yeah, because the interest there is, the, the return on investment is quite high. Yeah. So instead of borrowing money, always invest it in yourself. So that would be my recommendation. But all the banks accept deposit, fixed deposit, and you can make some, a little bit of margin. And even CBN will accept your treasury bills. You can buy treasury bills as fixed deposit from CBN. All right, thank you. Okay, we have come to the end of this session.